The play on the field, the courts, and the ice is just one part of sports. Behind every game are the people hard at work so we can enjoy the action. They're the owners, administrators, agents, broadcasters, and promoters who bring the games to life. Meet them when you go behind the game with Patrick Klinger and Bill Robertson. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Game. I'm Patrick Klinger, and with me is the Hall of Famer and the Commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey Association, Bill Robertson. Good afternoon, Billy Rob. Great to see you again, Patrick. Thanks, everyone. Uh, our guest today is uh, Ms. Angelina Lawton. She is the founder and CEO of Sports Digita, a software company that works with so many brands in the world of sports, entertainment, and Fortune 500 companies. Angela, great to have you today. Thank you so much for being here. I'd love to be here. We're happy to have you. Uh, I think the first question for me is, I want to really know and understand the journey that led you personally to launch Sports Digita, because it's such an impressive company and, and how you came up with this vision. So for me, you know, I get asked that question quite a bit. And so recently I've been trying to think of the best way to go you know through my journey so we came up with the idea of going through a hockey game and really the different parts of my career up until now first period second period and third period so I'll start with the first period really and that was what I call my you know Wall Street years with my father and working with him I went to Arizona State and from there in the summers I always interned with my father um, when I graduated from college, I went back to work with my father, and from there, I was running all of their corporate communications. They were a $11 billion under management financial firm owned out of London, and they were, it was a very uh, great time for me to learn from my father, but basically from a very male-dominated industry, so it really did prep me for my next years, but I spent a lot of time there um, with my father. Then the second period for me, well, clearing the ice, I had three kids in between, and that was, I have three children, and from there, um, we had, when my youngest was about four years old, uh, my husband had become the GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and we went down there, and really what I call that era is my NHL years, and truly it was the break of a lifetime for me to go down there, and so I ended up becoming friendly with the owner there and his wife, and Brian was on the road a lot, and they were, they had just acquired a new team, and they were looking, you know, really to redo the marketing, the advertise, everything that had to do with the logo. And I had talked with Oren Kulis, who was the owner at the time, and had asked him, you know, begged him to see if I, he would let me do any work there. And so he did. He looked at my background in the financial industry and what I did at, the, at Hill Samuel, and he said, okay, let's... He asked me, he goes, what would you do if I hired you? Well, what would be the first thing you would do? You know, like, I don't even understand. And I went through, like, a whole business plan, and he was like, okay, let's see what we can do. And it obviously, it was not very um, well-received at the time, being the GM's wife, so it was a little bit difficult. But then after a while, things really started to, to progress. We had started an in-house agency, which was one of the first in the business, sports world, so we really... I take a lot of pride in that. We built the team, we brought everything in-house, and um, vendors, everything just kind of circulated out of my department. From there, um, after the NHL years, we got new owners, and new owners wanted their own coach and their own GM, so I was left with having to make a decision, which was not 
I didn't want to quit that job because I loved that job. I loved working in the NHL. But what happened then is um, we, we moved back. I went back, and I said, okay, I, what I did for the Tampa Bay Lightning, I can do for any team. And so from there, I came back. I didn't even let a day go by. I just got some temporary office space. I said, I'm going to start my own company. Um, a gentleman by the name of Jack Sperling, he was the one who um, encouraged me to do that. And at first when he said it, I was like, mm, I don't know. And, but it, it, we really did put that idea in my mind. So I, I credit Jack a, a bit for that. Um, went back, so then I'm here. I bring one of the interns from the Tampa Bay Lightning with me, and we, we set up shop. And that was um, really just the, the beginning of Sports Digita, for sure. Incredible yeah. story. Yeah. So. Incredible three periods. Three periods. <laughs> the entrepreneurship is definitely the third period. Angelina, you were recently named by Forbes magazine as one of the most powerful women in sports with the likes of uh, Serena Williams and Billie Jean King and Condoleezza Rice. Um, you know, that's a pretty heady accomplishment. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel obviously incredible. It makes me feel that all the hard work and the vision and the sleepless nights and all that really was starting to be validated. It was great for me personally, but what I was most excited about is what it was doing, was going to do for Sports Digita because it truly did validate what we were doing. It was putting us on the map. It was having people recognize who we were in the industry. So it was funny that day that I found out I had no idea that that was coming out. And I was down in Mexico with my family and it started, I started to get these texts, um, you know, and uh, on Twitter and I thought that they were I thought that it was a joke. I was like, what is going on? And they just kept coming in. And so finally, someone sent me the article. And it was top 30 women. And I went through it. And I was, you know, I had my sunglasses on. And you can't see very well. And I'm seeing the list. And I'm like, hmm, OK, OK. So I'm getting to about 20, 25. I'm like, Some, no, this is not right. I was 30. And I said, <laughs> I was like, I'm so happy to be 30. That was the only time I like to be 30. But just to be part of that list, it was, I would have been happy to be part of the 100. But it was an amazing day for me, for my family, everybody. So capitalizing on that is very important for me, for the company, and for our team. You know, what you do at Sports Digita for our audience, uh, you create presentations uh, and uh, to help prospective sponsors uh, understand the team's business. Um, how did you figure out in your mind that there was a need for this or what spurned this? Was it from your time in Tampa Bay or was it sitting on a beach in, in Mexico and you said, I think I have an idea that's going to work? I'd really be curious to hear how that happened. So the first exposure to me for sales presentations was really working you know, for the financial company. And I was responsible for these big pitches there for these guys going into these huge accounts and trying to win business. And you know, my father was always typically on the sales call. And he was always very, you know, wanted me to be very spot on for the deck. So that was, that was my first exposure. Second exposure was at the Tampa Bay Lightning, for sure, because my department was responsible for the presentations. And these salespeople were going on these presentations with you know, PowerPoint, they were old branding. That was at the time when it was Hockey Bay, and it was a lot of different messaging going on. And so I was trying to find a better way to do it, and there was just nothing out there. It was just PowerPoint, and that was it. And you know, as you know, PowerPoint, you got to send it, the Dropbox, all that, and people are just, it wasn't showing the uniqueness, the sexiness of sports. 
And so um, I, I researched it quite a bit. I couldn't find anything. So I just thought, then I just started just to do one-offs. Um, we would just do one-off pitch decks for people. And then that's when I met, I, great job I did of hiring Brock Miser um, from the Twins. He was a great first hire for me. And that is what really got us into with the Minnesota Twins, is that was our first client. And walking in that day and being able to talk with Laura Day, she was very supportive and was trying to understand what I was trying to do. And she really helped me and she gave me the confidence to kind of keep going, but Brock is the one that really, we, we did that together and that's how we really got into that whole baseball. Because you know, as you know, working in baseball is difficult. You gotta be BAM approved, all that. Yes. So it was, it was quite a, a feat, but she was helpful for me. Mm -hmm. So what we did for the Twins and the success of this pitch deck really resonated, we, that was just a one-off, but it resonated within the sports world. People were starting to see this better way of doing pitches. And so really, you know, it was credited to an outfield kind of um, one of the flagpoles out in, I think, out, out for first base that we were able to sell through the DigiDeck, and that was a big deal. And so that's how it all started. We started as out, out as a design agency, and then what happened because of the success of the DigiDeck, we evolved into a tech company. So really what that was for me was truly like building a plane and flying it at the same time because now I was having to hire developers and you know whole tech structure and things and that was not my background so it was it was difficult those beginning years for sure you know you mentioned the you know the, the early years being difficult every startup faces obstacles and challenges what were some of the more significant obstacles that you had to overcome it really was trying to build your team. I think everything just predicates on finding the right people, and that was very difficult for me, especially because in Minneapolis, the tech world is very tight, and they all have different programs, and this program has this community, and this program has this community. So for me, it was really not understanding the seriousness of, of really understanding the technology because we were growing so fast. So I would say that that would have been my biggest struggle for, for us, is finding the people and then really um, the technology side of it. I've been fortunate. What happened was, you know, I had someone come on. I hired a president who was very tech, came from a tech background, who had sold his own company on the tech side. And when he came on, he really righted the ship. He had brought on his own team, um, people that he's worked with for about 25 years, 20, 25, 30 years. So that made a huge difference. No matter how good the vision, the marketing, the sales wasn't, if the product wasn't good and spot on, you had a great team behind it, it just wasn't gonna fly. So we, we did accomplish that. With, with all that, I mean, some of it falls into place and some of it you can say is luck, but I always say that luck is when preparation meets opportunity mm -hmm. and you certainly did that. I think for women who are watching this, this show, um, you are a role model for many, and you may not want to say that, uh, but you know, watching from a distance and up close, I know you are. Um, how does that feel for you that young women are looking at you as you know one of the most influential people in the sports and entertainment business right now? And that's got to make you think, you know, with this idea that we had and we we pulled it all together and made it into something very special. It must be must be something extraordinary for you. It is, I mean, it really is really probably the best thing when the Forbes thing came out and then this whole evolution of this, the things I'm being asked to do, it is the most rewarding part about 
what's going on here because I think there's not very many of us in sports and in technology and really in the financial business. So I came from three very male-dominated industries. Um, I was just at an event about two weeks ago, Team Women here in Minnesota, and the most rewarding part of that day was that I brought my daughter, and she's 14, and she was able, I, it was, I had to speak to a room of a thousand women, and it was, the best part for me was having my daughter Gabby there, and I had her stand up, and you know, she was very proud, and that was very, that's happy for me, you know, obviously. So, to me, as far as getting involved with the, the University of St. Thomas, University of Minnesota, around the country, that is what I want to do, and the fact that I'm able to do that now, it just, it's very rewarding. It's what I want to be doing. It's not enough of it. It's hard. You can't get back to everybody. But um, I think that young women are really looking for role models like that. So I think it, in this kind of Me Too movement time as well, I think it's, it's all very timely. You've done it very well. Thank you. Who motivates and inspires you, Angelina? So I was thinking about, um, I, I'm asked that quite a bit too, so this is going to be a very kind of roundabout answer, <laughs> but I would say um, Instagram is where I'm ex very much inspired. And the reason why I say that is because I'm on Instagram, you know, all the time, especially in the evening when I come home from work. And the amount of women on there that are entrepreneurs that are doing an amazing job are so inspiring. And I watch their story because, you know, on Instagram you can do the feed and you do the story. But a couple people, you know, I have a list because I have so many. But Jamie O'Banion, um, she's the Beauty Bio CEO. She's doing an amazing job. Tori Birch, she's doing an amazing job. Kristen Cavallari. These are Monique Lillier, Rebecca Minkoff. They're all chronicling their whole entire days, how they're going through their journey. They're on airplanes all the time. They're in the carpool lines. They're building businesses in carpool lines. It's just, it's a whole array of women. And I think that Instagram has brought us all together. I'm just part of a new initiative called Female Founders Collective. And that is run by Rebe Rebecca Minkoff. And it's all a bunch of women entrepreneurs, celebrity entrepreneurs, people you know that are not. And we're all sharing ideas and part of, you know, everyday life on just supporting each other. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would say that, I mean, just as a whole, that whole community. It's amazing. Now, you referenced your father, Noel Ron Sr., uh, who has uh, uh, run many companies and in the financial world um, in the state of Minnesota and others. How can you specify maybe one or two things how he really influenced your career and where you're at now? Well, I think it started when I was younger. I mean, just a little tidbit. You know, he used to work downtown in the Skyways, you know, and I would go with him to work. I was always excited when his assistant was not going into work that day and he would let me skip school. And I would go and I'd sit at the typewriter. I'd be able to walk in the offices. And that's what really started to give me the bug on why I always wanted to work. Um, watching him work hard was, was really inspiring to me. I think that my dad has so many great qualities. I think that he teaches me to be aggressive. Um, if we, he is always, if there's a sales call that we need to go on or that we're kind of teetering on getting on the business, he's like, get on the plane, just go. You know, he's always very much, you know, ahead of it, just trying to always push me to be aggressive proactive. and very proactive. Um, my father came from a small farm town. He literally came from, nothing and my dad has worked and done s such a great job with his life and been so kind and giving along the way
that it's been that's been inspiring as far as how he gives back all the time I just he is a person that is just a visionary that really is always ahead of it he was you know in mutual funds and then it was the venture capital before venture capital was big and then it was um, solar energy and then it was wind energy you know he's just always a little bit ahead of the curve all the time so he definitely has is my biggest role model he also just real quickly he's also helped many athletes get into the financial business as I know I'm, uh, it's very, I know many that have said that your father was a role model and they did not know a lot about the financial industry and your dad took them under their wing like he did with you as a daughter and coming to work and helped them. Yes, yes, uh, agreed. He helps a lot of people, <laughs> not even athletes. It's, it's funny, I will have people coming up to me all the time telling me, oh, your dad helped me with this, or your dad helped me with that. So, great. yeah, I was just tell telling you the story earlier about Sid Hartman and him are very close and it's fun, you know, for, for to see Sid at the office and things like that. You would never know, but him and my father are really close, so. <laughs> It's fun to watch that relationship. Angelina, you come from a very, you have a very sports-focused family. Your husband, Brian, was the first U.S. player drafted first overall in the NHL draft. He, as you mentioned, he was also the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. How is Brian involved in the business? Well, if he was here, he would say, well, when there's a problem, I'm always called. So he's always my first go-to. But he was responsible for, obviously, my role, my my break in Tampa. I mean, he really had to approve that with the owner because that was a big deal. And so he was very instrumental in my start for sure. He's also been instrumental. We've just done a nice venture capital raising and that was through, um, Brian did that, that whole part for us. Um, he's very strategic. He does all of the strategic decisions with me. And you know, like I said, when there are bigger issues, you know, he definitely comes in and he helps us out. He's close to my president as well, but Brian works now for the NHL Network and he's in New York quite a bit. So it's, it's more sporadic, but definitely um, part of the bigger picture, always. It, Is it hard uh, to separate, you know, your husband and wife and then, then you have this work, you know, and you have a family, mm -hmm. three wonderful children, adults and children so yes. to speak and then you have your business and you're asking for advice and then you're also going to dinner um, is it hard to separate that no we love it it really is it's what drives us we love it we we're constantly always thinking what's he gonna do next what what am I gonna do next um, you know he wants to run a team someday again yes. so you know we're always kind of where are we gonna you know where where can we live what are we doing what can we do with the company so it really is a plus for us. It really is. Um, we're not at the point yet, I think, where we're tired of it because it's all, it's still rather kind of new for us, you know? I mean, not about five years, but we enjoy it very much. And you're both golfers. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. He's a little bit better golfer than I am, but yes, we enjoy golf. It's a good, and it's good for me for business too, just yeah. as far as because all, all these Sports guys like to golf. <laughs> it's true. Yes, they do. Yeah. Including these two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, you know, you've been described, Angela, as a, a visionary boss, but who can be a little demanding mm -hmm. at times, right? It worked pretty well for Steve Jobs, by the way. How do you walk that fine line between pushing your staff to, you know, to, to meet a challenge without pushing too far. Right. Well, the fact that my name and Steve Jobs' name is in the same line, I don't know <laughs> if I could take that, but um, that's great. Um, 
I think that for me, I really try hard to find people that don't feel like they're being pushed too hard. We, I think it's a little bit more about the culture because we are a company and we're not a startup because we're definitely past that. But you know, we are a smaller company. We're not a Best Buy, we're not a Target. We are 35 plus uh, employees and everybody is very visible and accountable to our success. So I think that we are servicing some of the biggest brands in sports. You know, it's the Yankees, it's the Cowboys, it's the Lakers, and with that, that service needs to come with it. And so I do drive really hard on that. It is very important to me. And a lot of times people, that it, that's difficult for people. And unfortunately then, you know, that may not be part of our team culture. And so I try to, I really try to avoid that at the beginning. But yes, I, I came from a family, a father, and where I was pushed all the time to succeed and to work hard and, um, to always provide the service. I mean, that was w what I was accustomed to. And I feel that at Sports Digital, all of our employees have equity. And so because of that, if we're pushing, we're pushing for all of us. We're not pushing because I'm trying to be difficult. I'm like, we are going to win if we can service this, if we can deliver on this. So that's important. So, but definitely I'm, I'm you know, I have Katie here who's one of our interns and she always describes her internship as a New York internship. Um, and that's true, but I want people, the younger people especially, when they do work at Sports Digital, that they're able to go somewhere else and get a better job or have learned. You know, I always am trying to teach that. It's important. I don't want to give fluffy internships, you know, where they're just going and they're going to answer phones or, you know, just take notes. Or I, I'm not sure what other people do, but for us, we want them moving forward. And if someone leaves us and, I, and if they get a better job, then I've succeeded. But that's not going to come from being laid back. Well, you've mentored a lot of uh, men and women mm -hmm. over there, and they have gone on to mm -hmm. other jobs and, and flourished in their careers, and I think that foundation that you provided and maybe the push that they needed and to understand that it's 35 or more people working together, rowing the boat, how, whatever you want to call it, uh, moving down the ice um, yeah. together is the, is the way to go. Uh, Twin Cities seems to be hotbed for technology these days. I mean, there's all, there's the San Jose, San Francisco area of the country, but and there's New York, um, but uh, it's moving a lot to the Twin Cities. Do you have any thoughts on why that is? And is it is it something special here? Or what do you think that's about? I think a lot of it is quality of life here. Minneapolis is just obviously an amazing place to live and to raise children. But I do think it's an extremely competitive market for developers. It's very hard. Um, recruiters are making a killing on all of this because it's just like the demand for them. But it is a very, um, we've got a lot of a lot of sports technology companies out of here, not just technology, but sports in particular. I mean, there seems to be that intersection of those two verticals really happening here in Minneapolis. So um, I, I would have to say it's most, mostly about, you know, the quality of life here. I just, it's crazy how important and how many developers are here, so. Angelina, you know, advancements in technology, they really never cease, right? I mean, by the day, seemingly there's a new app, there's a new platform, there's, there's some incredible advancement in, in technology. How do you, as a business owner and, and the owner of Sports Digital, ensure that your service stays relevant and stays either with the curve or ahead of the curve? 
Right, so I think the best way to think about that is just to, for me to have the best possible technology leader in place. And because of him, he's able to have this dev team there. But what we also do is we work in two-week sprints, which is very important because a lot of tech companies don't do that. We're very agile. And what we do is we have like real live updates time with our clients. Our product, the DigiDeck right now, truly is a culmination of almost 400 teams using it. The good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is, we've either fixed it, made it better, added features, whatever it may be. But that is just really you know, on the streets with our clients. There are a lot of technologies out there, and I feel like a lot of people are really, a new app, you're right, every day something's coming out, or a new you know, AR or VR or whatever it is, and it's really, you gotta really stay focused. You gotta stay in your lane. I, people are always asking us, are we gonna do more products? You know, when we get asked quite a bit outside of the DigiDuck to do more for them, and I just always very strongly believe in you just don't wanna chase two rabbits and not catch one, so we just are continuing down the DigiDuck path and staying focused, making it the best it can be. You know, and we will do add-ons, you know, like the VR and all that, that those are all very consumer-based technologies. We're more B2B, but, you know, there might be bits and pieces of that that we pull into our product, but we really have to stay in your lane, especially with technology, because you can crash and burn very quickly if you try to do too much. How about sports gaming um, and, and that business that's evolving? And, and as I've talked to Patrick before and others, I, I think it's the wave of the future, and there's, gonna, there's a lot of money to be made in this. What is your reaction or what is your feeling um, about that piece of the business that's suddenly growing? So eSports is crazy as far as the growth for sure. And for me, I don't understand quite yet how they're monetizing it on the sponsorship side. I think it's a little bit difficult, but I can tell you that the amount of people, wealthy people wanting to buy eSports teams is incredible to me. I know a guy right now who is looking at buying five eSports teams. We signed our first eSports team. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm going to refrain. I'm going to hold because I'm, I'm a little bit unsure of it. I know it's fast growing, but I'm, I'm kind of like watching the, the people in the pool before I step in. I'm not quite sure yet. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. Women are taking a more prominent role in technology companies today. I think the, the CEO of YouTube is, is, is a woman. I, there are other tech companies that, um, that are being spearheaded by women. What advice would you give to women who aspire to have a career in technology? I think that I would bring it probably even a step further just as far as for women. I think that women should consider technology. I think they should consider sales. I think they should consider the finance industry. I feel like these are three industries or verticals that women just completely shy away from. And to me, for my daughter, I say to her, I would love for her to get into any type of revenue generating role. I think that there's just not enough of us. I think technology of the three is by far the scariest for women to do, but there is a lot of academies, coding academies, there's a lot of women shedding light on that whole part of the business. So if I could get my daughter to learn how to code, she would be forever, she could be set for life. But really trying to convince a young girl to go and sit in a computer class, I even had signed her up for a computer class, a coding class at, at her high school. And she walked in and she was like, Mom, I'm the only girl in the class. She's like, I can't do that all semester. I'm like, you're missing the boat. But so I would just give advice is try to really, there are a lot more ins to this industry at a young age 
to explore that, but really not to shy away from those three mm -hmm. industries. I understand. We have about 40 seconds left. This goes by very quickly as <laughs> we talked about. Um, how about what's next for you? Um, do you like what you're doing or do you see something even bigger for yourself going forward? You know, I would love to see Sports Digital, you know, fulfill to where it's going to go. I think that there's a lot of people at the company that are on a very um, strategic train with me, so we'd like to bring that to evolution to see what that means, whether it's a sale or a, a merger of some sort. We've been approached quite a bit. And then really, I'm not sure as far as if I'm not at Sports Digital, I'd love to be at a team potentially. I'd like to be, you know, running a team of some sort. There's not a lot of women presidents out there. There's one in the NHL over in uh, Philadelphia, so potentially something like that. I feel I've had a lot of exposure to a lot of teams on what's happening, the ins and outs, and the revenue side, so. Great. You'd be very good. Thank you. Angelina, thank you for joining us today. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for really having me. Great conversation. And thank you for watching Behind the Game.